Hello, hello, and welcome to the Next Level Loan Officers Podcast, the number one podcast for loan officers by loan officers with real originators in the trenches, just like you every single day. If they can go there, how come I can't go there? Well, you can't. Like if you don't water your plants, you don't have future crops. You can't feed your family. You can't make a living. This is watering your crops. You have to find your community and you have to dig in. If it wasn't for you guys, I can tell you, probably my trajectory would have been a completely different one. We'll see you on the next Next Level Loan Officers podcast. Hello, hello, everybody. I am Sean Zamanoff, and this is your Next Level Podcast. So a special treat this week, you get me and Landon. So you all got to meet Landon last week, and those of you in the community have seen a lot of him recently. Um, Landon is one of our new partners in Next Level. Landon has a completely different perspective than uh, what Next Level's had for a long time. He runs an uber-successful uh, real estate brokerage company in uh, Denton, Texas. He's got around 125, 30 agents at the last time I asked him. He's probably got 10 more hired since then. And so he is just able to provide a team building aspect. He's able to provide a little bit of a realtor perspective and other things to help everybody listening uh, grow your sales perspective and, and help grow your career. Landon, did I miss anything? Besides that, you're yeah. a swell, amazing guy, outdoorsman. Uh, we're super into health and biohacking together. Uh, any other? Man, I think you've covered it. Okay. I think you've covered it. I, I'm I'm excited though because last week we were looking at kind of everyone's interview process between Shane, Kyle, yourself, myself, uh, and really we only got about as deep as what questions do we like to ask what people are we looking for? But what's cool is today we're going to unpack and start to answer why are we looking for people? When should we be looking for people? And what does it take? Um, what does it take your business to? How does it elevate one's business to make a hire? And I know that you have someone, uh, a, a lending partner um, that you mentioned. What does that look like for you? So a funny story first. Sure. So Kyle mentioned last week that he asked everybody if there was a dead body in front of you and you had to move it. Like mm -hmm. how far mm -hmm. could you carry it? Yeah. Yeah. And so I asked my, my final round of candidates last week, uh -huh. his question, I was like, what could go wrong? Sure. And, uh, and that body? <laughs> the, the person that I hired, uh, her response was how far do I need to? So, um, I was like, uh, th that was a really good response. And if you're wondering what we're talking about, it was just a funny kind of thing. Uh, but go listen to last week's podcast. And you'll get more information there. And so like, we really, you know, we, we talked about hiring, US-based staff. We talked about hiring VAs, uh, how both of them have amazing and integral parts in your business. You know, for this person that that I hired, and for those of you listening in the mortgage world or not in the mortgage world, so the, the, the specific person I was looking for was a loan partner, and I needed somebody to assist me in my business. And what a loan partner does, for those that, that don't know, they do everything that a loan officer does. They just don't go get the business. So they assist somebody, but you 
don't want to call them an assistant because then when people call, it's like, okay, little buddy, like when the boss gets in, have like, I, I know that they're not my secretary. They're an incredible vital part of my business who can do everything that I can do. They just help fulfill it as sure. I bring it in the door. Sure. And so something yeah. that we're, we're really big and talk about a lot in next level is, is the whole Pareto's all the 80, 20 principle. You know, 80% of your activities equal 20% of your revenue, 20% of your activities equal 80% of your revenue. And now probably of the 80% of your activities, you probably 40% of those you don't need to do at all. But of that 40%, like the other 40%, like that stuff needs to get done. But that takes away from the income generated, the, the task of doing things uh, to get loans or any sales activities across the finish line diminishes from you getting more sales across the finish line. Sure. And so when you're making, and we talked about it last week too, but an investment, listen, hiring staff is not an expense. It is an investment in your business. It's an investment in you earning more revenue. It's an investment in time freedom. It is an investment in you moving the needle forward in what you do. Landon, I mean, you agree with all that, I right? I do. And what I was going to add to that is that I believe where a lot of people go wrong is they do believe it is an expense and not an investment. Therefore, they don't spend time investing in their new hire. For us, it would be new agents on the team, not for us as in our brokerage, but like as agents, if we're looking to grow a team or build out a team, you know, a lot of times they'll add like a paid admin or, or paid assistant, whatever the case may be. But they look at it as like, I am paying you to do this, but I don't teach you very well how to do this. And a lot of times that's where things end up falling apart. And so I would love to hear more about like, as you get this person up and rolling, like, what does that do for you? Like, I'm sure there's a drain on resources, right? Your production may dip just a touch for 30 days, but that touch and go should really elevate maybe help you double your business? What does that metric look like for you? So I relate a lot of things to baseball and fishing. And so we're going to talk about fishing here for a second. So, so when you hire somebody to help you with your business, there's, you got your net that you're pulling through the water. And that net, obviously it has holes in it. The goal is to tighten those holes. So less things slip away. And sure. I think I've talked about it before, but like, I mean, when somebody moves, I'm really good at moving. When somebody is slow to respond, like they fall through the wayside because I have a fair amount of leads coming in and a great referral partners. And mm -hmm. so that's, I'm, I'm always moving forward and not so much backwards. And like, sometimes the CRM just doesn't catch mm -hmm. everything. So what this loan partner is doing for me, number one, most important thing is all of like my getting started emails that go out, she's now going to be copied on that. She's going to be following up with all those people. She's going to be making sure that they're applying so we can hit the next steps in the process. And for my industry, you know, if this person helps me close two more loans a, one, a month, the mm -hmm. investment pays for itself. Sure. Uh, you know, I think they can help me close significantly more. I think they right. can help me close six, seven, eight more loans a month. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when I am bringing on somebody like this, I have my baseline set. Hey, listen, I can close six or seven loans a month in my sleep without too much stress. Mm -hmm. So 
here's here's where your salary starts and then hey between uh seven between eight and ten loans here's how your bonus works sure. between 11 and 15 loans you're going to get more between 16 plus loans you're getting even more because i want them heavily incentivized mm-hmm. to hit mm-hmm. those metrics and to be able to get more business for us all and so so sure. that's how like i calculate the investment now you also ask like when when do you need someone man that is that's the billion dollar question mm-hmm. and this really goes for i mean there's there's many people in the mortgage industry there's many people in a lot of industries who are like you know hey i'm just going to go do this all on my own mm-hmm. but they're not very well capitalized mm-hmm. uh, they don't make money for 3 months they're out of business and so it's kind of really hard to run a business that way because you you're right. running everything on a scarcity mindset versus how do I grow this thing? Right. And so I know as I look at my 20 that gets the business, if I do 50% more, so if my 20 is now 30% of my time, mm-hmm. I can really close to double my business because I'm spending it on the best portion of my 20. Sure. So, so would you say though, would you say at least what I'm gathering is that it sounds like where you're able to win with a hire is because you are actually a business person that tracks your numbers and knows the data. I mean, I don't think you can truly call yourself a business person. Sorry, y'all. If you ain't tracking your numbers, you can't can't call yourself even a loan officer, a retail salesperson, a copy. You can't call yourself a salesperson if you don't know your numbers. Yeah. I had an agent tell me one time, I I knew that even though she sold like actually a pretty decent amount of homes, I mean, by my definition, I mean, she was probably making really high five figures to low to mid six figures was, was my understanding based on what I was seeing be closed you know, 90 to 120 grand a year. But I knew that conversations with her money was always tight. Every, every time we talked about anything, money was the issue. And I I just reached out. I was like, Hey, I would be happy to help you set up a business budget and even a household budget. Like I don't have to know those numbers, but I can give you the framework for it. And knowing that will allow you to be able to scale and grow and predict and hire and all of these things. And she said, no, um, I just prefer to work as hard as I can and see where I get. And I'm like, oh my goodness, that is utter chaos. Like you have no way to say that if you pull this lever, this is going to happen. Right. And it just seems so incredibly difficult. So being able to know your numbers is incredibly crucial Because if you didn't have those, you wouldn't be able to say, Sean, that I can hire this person and do do this with my business because they exist. Yeah. You know, I don't know. It sounds like Zig Ziglar, Stephen Covey or one of them said, um, but what you were just sums up what what you were just saying is if you uh, fail to plan, you plan to fail. And, And so like, you know, if you don't know those things, that makes your makes your life uh, really, really hard. Yeah. You know, I also, um, you know, I need somebody who was flexible. I need somebody who can step in on the evenings. 
Mm-hmm. I need somebody who can work for a few hours on Saturdays, um, a couple times a month when we need them to work. So it was really this figuring out the position. That's the other thing too. You have to, have to, have to design your position and then you find the person for it. You don't find a great person and then try to fit them into your position. If you choose to do that, you will end up making many bad hires. You will end up hiring a lot of great people, but not that really work well for you. Sure. Uh, so w- one is is getting super clear on what they're going to do. Um, understanding how you bring them in your dorm. Like me, like I don't train how other people train. Like I am probably too much of an open book at times, but you know, again, that's just my role. My inbox for my email uh, is going to be ghosted inside of her inbox. Uh, somebody sure. else already has access. My right hand, uh, not my loan partner, but somebody else with like all of my businesses and everything uh, that I do, uh, like she has access to all my emails. Mm-hmm. I need this person too as well too, because they're going to need to to respond to a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, we, uh, you know, we we actually, we actually stream these podcasts live for our community members. And uh, right now somebody had just asked a question like, so how do you introduce your, your loan partner to your referral partners? You know, so how do you introduce your sales assistants to your referral partners? I mean, I, I don't like, they're going to be on the email. My ops manager uh, and processors are always copied on those on the intros. My loan partner is going to be copied on those intros as well too. I am not trying to replace myself. And here's where salespeople like make the mistake is they hire people for their teams and they're like, I can just step away. I don't need to do the work anymore. And that's wrong. Uh, I think when certain industries like the mortgage industry got really busy during COVID and for years before that, you had a lot of coaches who Mm -hmm. haven't done loans in decades or maybe uh, had never done a mortgage being like, oh, you can just automate yourself out of the process. Well, if you automate yourself out of the process, what are you needed for anymore? Yeah, I had a capturing uh, business at that point to hand to those people. So much like, like, like my first hire, um, much like your um, loan partner, I hired first a contracts to close coordinator. A lot of agents, <coughs> I believe, get it wrong. And they think I'm growing, uh, I'm having some success. And my next move to show everyone around me that I'm having success is that I need to go and start a team and add people to my team. And it just goes really poorly. Now, I think a really, really good rule of thumb is to hire the admin first. Whatever title you have doesn't matter. But like for me, it was a contracts to close coordinator. And I went from being able to juggle two to three contracts, like active under contract at a time to literally eight to 10, 12. I mean, my highest months, I closed 14 transactions in one month. The other one was 12. The other one was 10, had several eight and nines, not a brag fest. I'm just saying these people were very instrumental in how I operated my business. And I was the last thing. I was the furthest thing from, Hey guys, we executed your contract. I will see you at closing. Like I can't stand that stuff. That's me personally. Some people that's how that's, you know, that's what works. But like, I, I would tell them like, Hey guys, we've just executed the contract. 
my contracts, the close coordinator is going to be reaching out to you to gather a little bit of information. Um, they help me handle deadlines and paperwork since I'm not always at my computer much like right now, because usually not always, but usually I would be explaining this when I was away from the computer, not on my phone. And so it was easy to step in. And I think the way to do that, Sean, you said that you don't perfectly fine. I always did. I'm really big on expectations. I believe you are too. That's not what we're defining. But what I wanted them to know is that I had it under control. And so for anyone listening, I think whenever you're trying to introduce someone else, whenever you're trying to pass them off, I think it's incredibly important that we do it with confidence and almost in an authoritative tone, not dictator, like I'm telling you, this is exactly what's going to happen and and you're going to follow these rules. More so, I'm in control. I'm in the professional. They play this role to make things easy on you. And I would always add like, guys, this is what's going to make the process so much easier for you so that they knew what they were getting out of it. Otherwise, it could seem like they were just being passed off to the next person now that we were in motion. Yeah. So, and and the reason that I don't introduce them is because they see them throughout the process. But correct. The thing is, they don't stop seeing me. This isn't a baton handoff to where, and and this is where I was saying like coaches and have been telling oh just get out just get another one get another one like no mm-hmm. no you don't like they're part of the team and maybe we're running a relays but like it's there's three of us involved in this relay and there's 12 legs that we're running we're all sure. continually inside of this and so like there's with uh, alone in particular i'm probably doing the intro phone call if sure. i'm busy my loan partner's going to do that once they've applied for their loan though, and we've got things set up for them and the deal is structured, that's my meeting. I own that. So I'm still facing the client either via Zoom or in person during that time. We get all the things after that, that we need. They go under contract. I am the salesperson. Mm -hmm. I'm going over the final details on the loan. I am locking their loan. I'm Mm -hmm. handing that back off. They're, my team is going to run with it all the way to close, except at one point during the process, I do my empathy call. And that's mm-hmm. just, hey, how's everything going? How are we doing for you? I know so-and-so's got everything completely under control. Man, you were way ahead of schedule, but yada, yada, yada. So I'm going over all of those details mm-hmm. uh, w- with them with just in that quick call. Actually, I'm not going over any details. I'm just making sure they're okay because my team is sure. going over all the details. And then we prepared on our world something called a closing disclosure. And so when that is prepared before closing, I step in and I review that closing disclosure with them. So it's never a part where the realtor's like, my client's not hearing from you. Like the, you're not involved in the process. Like this is what other people teach is to get you out of the process. Right. That's not what consumers want. And that's not what the people referring you the business want. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, and I think like whenever like there was kind of a, it's not a song and dance, but like there, it just kind of ebbs and flows back to this person. I've done my, my portion, it goes back to them. And so there's this delicate little step and, and process and method to the madness. And what I enjoyed about a contracts to close coordinator is I always felt that when they were doing what they were needing to be doing what I hired them to do is 
I feel like my ability to build that relationship even deeper and even further was much easier because I had committed early on a decade ago, I had committed to run my business by referral, come hell or high water. That is what I'm doing. Um, I don't want to pay for leads to make a living and I've paid for leads before, so I'm not bashing that, but it's not what I wanted to do for my business. So it was really nice to be able to step in, build the relationship, have open dialogue and communication. I can't tell you how many times, um, I mean, there is actually probably a number, it's probably four to six times, which ends up being usually about two times a week up until closing when a contracts, a close coordinator is handling stuff and we're in the hurry up and wait phase. Um, It's, it's so nice to be able to lean and just be present. I know I mentioned that on our Thursday call, but being present now with your clients is like, Hey guys, I, and I tell them this, I have nothing to report. I just wanted to touch base, see how things were going, see if you had any questions for me and if there was anything I could do for you. And I do that on repeat up until closing because they're just kind of sitting there in the balance like, uh, don't really know what's going on right now. Lenders shuffling paperwork, title companies shuffling paperwork. So for me, that hire allowed me one of two things. One was to go out and find more business because I was not stuck behind my computer. And two, it allowed me to build those relationships deeper so that I could get more business from those people moving forward. Amen. Like that's, it's all about the relationships and everything that we do in sales. It's about the relationships. And so if you do have somebody like, Hey, who's this new, new person on your team? Hey, it allows me to serve you better. Allows me to serve our clients better. Like You know what I'm good at. I'm not an I dotter. I'm not a T crosser. What I'm really good at are these points throughout Mm -hmm. the process. This is why your clients love me. This allows me to be more available during these points in the process so I can do the things that move the needle for both of us in our business mm-hmm. that make your clients love me more, that make you refer me more business because we sure. all get more referrals out of it. And oh, by the way, I can go get more referral partners too because sure. now I have time to, to grow my business and I can grow something cool. Yep. So number one, we, we talked about a lot today, guys. You, you got to know your numbers. You, you have to understand where things are. I mean, if you don't know everything down to the last penny, that's cool. But you need to know if I hire a person X, how many more transactions, how many more sales, orders, whatever it is that you're doing, how, what do I need in order to be able to move that needle in my business so they pay for themselves? Uh, You have to understand where your baseline is and how you incentivize them above that. I'm a big incentive person. I'm big at helping people get to where they want to in life because it's no fun to have all the cookies and not share them with others in the kingdom. And, you know, then you're just a tyrant and nobody likes that either. Uh, You know, sales is an awesome world to be in. It's not for everybody. It allows you to pull others up with you. And so you have to have these baseline concepts, these bars inside of your business and knowing exactly what's moving on. You can move the needle for you. And as you're doing all this, you really have to know what you want. Because if you don't want more, if you like working 60 hours a week and 
that's what you want, then maybe you don't need that person. But sure, you want to be more present with your family. You want to be more present with your children. You want to ski more. You want to work out more. You got to get some of these things off your plate. You bet. So everybody, if uh, you want to go check out more, you, you want to see more about us, just go over to become NL. That is B E C O M E N L.com. Become NL.com. Uh, check us out. We'd love to see you inside of the community. We'd love to see you on the other side. And until next week, friends, uh, I'm Sean Zalmanoff. It's my boy, Landon Hale. Peace out, y'all.